Hey, how's it going? Welcome to the BC Business Podcast. I'm Nick Rockle, Editor-in-Chief of BC Business Magazine. Despite the COVID-19 pandemic, the second half of 2020 was a busy time for mergers and acquisitions involving BC companies. For some insight into how things played out last year and what 2021 might hold, I talked to Enoch Chang, a Vancouver-based partner and M&A lawyer with Faskin. He and I spoke in December. What kind of year did Canada have when it comes to M&A and private equity transactions? Um, well, I think this year is unusual, um, and we all know why. I think for Canada, M&A activities was uh, quite slow in the first half of the year uh, because of the uncertainty and the impact of COVID-19. What we have found is that in the second half, uh, a little bit of a welcome surprise is that MA activity actually picked up. So if we compare year over year, the second half of the year, uh, we actually have seen an increase, a slight increase in MA activities in Canada overall. And particularly in British Columbia, uh, the increase is actually more pronounced. I think we saw a uh, a more significant increase in MA activities for the second half of the year uh, for British Columbia. And for, for deal volume, how, how did 2020 so far compare to 2019? Um, the, some of the uh, stats we were able to pull um, show that in Canada, I think there were about a little over 16 hundred deals uh, for the second half of the year. And that's compared to around 1570 deals uh, for the same period last year. So, you know, overall, I think there were an increase of about, you know, 63 deals across Canada. So that's a, a slight increase. Um, I think British Columbia, let me just see if I can pull the data. Uh, in British Columbia, there were uh, 603 reported MA transaction involving BC companies, and that is uh, over about 24 increase year over year compared to 487 transactions in 2019. Uh, so we're seeing a much you know higher increase in British Columbia compared to the rest of Canada. Okay, and uh, so so COVID was obviously the big story of, of 2020, but what else impacted the, the market this year if you think about uh, M&A and, and PE deals? And, and I, think, um, I think COVID has both a direct and indirect impact, and a lot of the factors that uh, we consider sort of other than COVID are kind of resulting from sort of the indirect uh, impact of COVID. So, for example, uh, travel restriction uh, impacted MA deal activities because for a lot of, uh, you know, cross-border transaction, uh, people wanted to, you know, see the target company. They want to tour the plant and they are not able to do so. Um, so we, we found that that was a uh, difficulty in getting MA transaction completed. Um, there were ways that... Uh, parties have overcome that challenge. Uh, we have seen the increased use of uh, hybrid tour, for example, where you have somebody on the ground uh, using 
video conference technology, uh, you know, doing a tour of a plant for uh, the rest of the team who are located elsewhere. Um, we also see the impact of uh, various government response to COVID, uh, both in terms of uh, restrictions as well as uh, COVID-related reliefs for businesses. And those have had indirect impact um, on the MA activities. Um, and I think that, you know, overall, um, COVID certainly is the overwhelming uh, factor that impacts um, all of our lives this year and certainly in MA as well. Thanks. And if you look at BC in 2020, what were some of the, the deal highlights? Yeah, I think BC has actually, as I mentioned earlier, it's seen a, a significant increase. And I think a lot of that has to be uh, where British Columbia is positioned uh, in terms of the, the kind of uh, the type of business that we have uh, in British Columbia, a lot of business are what we call uh, bit market uh, business. So those are companies usually with enterprise value of less than a hundred million dollars. Uh, we also have uh, a very well represented uh, technology sector um, and uh, health, construction, and agribusiness, and those are. Um, the sector where we see most of the MA activities. Uh, we're also seeing uh, different types of uh, buyers and sellers in this market. And um, so there are a couple examples I can I can give. Uh, one is a acquisition uh, by a BC company of a company based in Alberta. Uh, it, the BC company is Lendesk and the Alberta company is Finbo Technology. So that's a fintech company. It's a interprovincial acquisition and it's a consolidation uh, in that industry. So these are two complementary uh, business in the um, uh, sort of brokerage professional service um, industry, and they use technology to make the uh, mortgage process more efficient. So that's one example of uh, consolidation. We also see activities from uh, private equity firms, uh, especially those based in the US, having a high interest in British in BC companies. An example will be a um, the investment by TPG, Growth Equity, which is a private equity based in the U.S., and its investment in Smart Suite. That's a um, healthy snack uh, company uh, based out of British Columbia. And we've seen uh, acquisition by a publicly traded company in private businesses, uh, such as uh, acquisition of video game companies, uh, which have been doing quite well um, uh, in, in 2020 as well. Thank you. And and broadly speaking, what's the mood among investors at the moment? I think at the moment, um, it's becoming more and more optimistic. I think the very good news coming out of uh, in terms of uh, vaccine development and approval, um, it's a, a welcome relief. And, uh, you know, we think that the the good news on the on the vaccine front and the uh, possibility of uh, containing the pandemic 
2021 uh, certainly make the investors more optimistic about uh, the investment climates uh, next year. Um, a couple other factors uh, will you know, continue to drive MA activities. For example, uh, we think that the interest rate will continue to be relatively low. Um, and we think that the, again, with the vaccine, the, uh, the, there will be loosening of the travel restriction currently in place. Uh, so we expect the activity to continue uh, because of, because of the, um, how we are able to respond to the pandemic. And when you think of uh, BC companies, how much cross-border activity can we expect to see uh, as far as deals go next year? Um, I think, you know, BC companies has, you know, always been attractive to uh, cross-border investors, uh, in particular uh, investors in the U.S., um, and one of the biggest, uh, and we can we expect that trend to continue into 2021. And some of the factors are, I think we in British Columbia have, you know, very entrepreneurial and highly skilled uh, labor force. Um, it has a very well-developed startup and te- technology ecosystem, and we find that uh, that kind of help into other sectors. So we're seeing more, um, you know, sort of tech-enabled businesses uh, being attractive target. And, you know, we have world-class university, which continue to, you know, uh, help sustain the highly skilled labor force. And overall, uh, British Columbia is a great place to live. Um, And I myself move uh, from elsewhere to Vancouver, and I really enjoy living here. So I think that, certainly attracts um, uh, talent to our province. And then if you think about Canada as a whole, which sectors are more likely to see uh, mergers than others? And and why is that the case? So I think uh, the the two separate sort of uh, buckets, I'll say one is consolidation in sectors that are actually unfortunately significantly impacted by uh, the pandemic. So we expect to see consolidation in hospitality um, as a way of, you know, recovering from, in order for them to recover from the pandemic. We also see what will be considered COVID-resistant sectors. So, you know, healthcare, consumer goods, and again, you know, sort of technology-enabled business. Um, you know, business that can uh, assist companies to better leverage a team across different um, uh, working remotely and across different locations. Uh, we're going to see increased uh, activities and interest in sectors that digitalize uh, paper in all sectors um, because more and more people will continue to work from home. So we see the the consolidation and interest in that sector as well. And then how might BC benefit from the the trends you were just talking about? Yeah, I think, um, you know, a lot of these sectors, ultimately, uh, even if you think about hospitality, technology, uh, healthcare, they're all very people-driven. So you need to have highly skilled labor force and sort of a, this entrepreneurial spirit for, to, to be successful in those sectors. 
And as I mentioned before, that's where BC really shines. And we really have a really good uh, talent pool. And we continue to attract talent to this province. Um, and again, you know, our startup and technology ecosystem is well developed. So that also help uh, in uh, help the province to stand out uh, among others uh, in the sectors that we see potential growth. And then when you think about consolidation, how does the National Competition Bureau's relatively light touch compared to the U.S. fit into the bigger picture? Well, I think I wouldn't necessarily say a light touch. I'm, I'm not the uh, I'm not a competition lawyer. I'm an MA lawyer. So what I have seen is actually an increase um, by the uh, commissioner of competition that have signaled more enforcement in the future. And we expect that trend to continue. Um, and I think that uh, that south of the border uh, with the new administration coming in, uh, we also expect you know greater anti antitrust enforcement. And certainly with the pandemic, um, it has increased, unfortunately, uh, perhaps more MA activity involving uh, insolvent entities. So we will actually be paying more attention if there is a greater consolidation in a particular uh, sector where a lot of the uh, insolvent firms or failing firms are being consolidated because that uh, increase uh, their scrutiny in that sector. Uh, one other trend I would like to point out is uh, because I do a lot of cross-border uh, transaction is that an increased review uh, for foreign investment under the Investment Counter Act. And we see a trend recently where you know national security has becoming more prominent uh, in as a factor for uh, investment Canada Act review, and that has only increased with the pandemic. And what we see are uh, increased scrutiny for sort of opportunistic acquisitions, uh, especially if involve uh, purchasers that are stale enterprises or have ties with uh, stale enterprises. And we also see increased scrutiny into uh, acquisition of Canadian business that are related to public health uh, or involve supply of critical goods and services, uh, such as um, you know, personal protective equipment, uh, food supply and distribution, etc. Where you know some of these sectors were, uh, you know, before the pandemic might not necessarily be considered uh, to have a higher uh, national security review uh, threshold. So, so those are those are some of the the trends that we're seeing uh, on the uh, competition and investment Canada uh, review side. Thanks. And then finally, looking ahead to 2021, what advice do you have for businesses that are looking for takeover targets or aiming to be acquired? Yeah, I think, you know, with the pandemic and with uh, a significant shift in how business need to operate and how people are working, uh, what we find is actually that 
the company to focus more on uh, talent retention. A lot of the M&A activities are driven now by talent acquisition, especially in the technology sector. Uh, so, you know, companies making an acquisition because they want to hire the best engineer, best programmer, or just the best sales force. So I think more due diligence and uh, attention to the talent pool will be a factor. We also see an increased complexity in terms of how deals are structured. Uh, so, for example, we see an increased use of uh, deferred consideration. Uh, so uh, what I meant is uh, part of the purchase price will be based on the performance of the company uh, in the future. So uh, some of the purchase price will be delayed and will only be payable if uh, the company uh, able to achieve certain uh, performance. Uh, we also see an increased use of uh, uh, retained equity. So uh, the seller of the business may decide not to exit completely, but will retain uh, 10 or 20% of their equity in the business and sort of continue to grow the business with the buyer. So with all these trends that's kind of happening, what we expect is that, you know, the deal activity is going to continue to increase uh, because the larger factor of, you know, lots of investment opportunities available, uh, increased consolidation across different sectors. And we also will see increased complexity, especially when it comes to cross-border uh, transactions, both dealing with the regulatory review as well as a different way of uh, transaction being structured and uh, how to address, for example, different tax consequences for parties that are uh, subject to different tax jurisdiction. And I think it's important to know that, you know, Taking the right advisor is actually going to be more and more important when it comes to MA transaction, um, especially it's a complex deal. You want to make sure that the advisor will have the ability to uh, have not just the, the best MA team, but also a team that can advise on competition issues, investment counter issues, tax, um, you know, uh, labor and employment and others. So, um, you know, I think the Faskins team is one that um, has um, all the strength in the right areas to provide that level of advice to our client. And we have been quite successful in 2020 on acting on many interesting and important MA mandates. And we expect that trend to continue into next year.